0: Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford.
1: My name is Zach Patton Garcia.
0: I'm Dana Pickley.
1: And I'm Ian Martin.
0: Hi everyone, we finally finished Angel Season 1. We're here. You know,
1: you did great timing on this season. <laughs> it like went smoothly. You had a start and a finish day. To got it through one year. Not like <laughs> Buffy Season 6. You did a great job this
0: season. <laughs> My goal with Angel is to try to... like a season a year like you know not because six and seven it was pretty rough it was like almost two full years
2: well i mean remember when they made shows that were 22 episodes long yeah that's a lot of angel
0: (laughs) the the joke adam sass would always say is like ian i had three different apartment leases in the time that you finished (laughs) season six of buffy (laughs) um but yeah so uh Zach and Dana, it is your, it was your first time fully going through it. Like you both kind of knew, right? Like what you guys both still knew some stuff going into it, right?
2: Very little, weirdly okay. enough. Yeah. I'm, I was so checked out on the Angel storyline. And I think I'm going to blame the fact that I really got into Buffy more when it came to season three. And that was like Angel's exit. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
2: I never really invested a lot in Angel as a character, so, or really, for that matter, Cordelia. Um, although I really do love Cordelia now, um, but initially I had never really been interested in an in angel, and um, kind of lost track of Cordelia. So um, this was very new to me. In a lot of ways. And, and it did, it showed all those characters in a lot of different lights that we didn't really get to see on Buffy.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm with Dana on most of that. I, I just have never been into Angel as a character. I was never obsessed with the Angel Buffy romance. I just, he didn't really do it for me. Um, So, I did this for you, Ian. I I did this
2: for you, Ian. Um,
1: Season one, I I know there's like a handful of episodes I didn't watch. I did skip those and I just never went back to them. But I feel like, because I made sure I went through the season right before this to make sure I knew kind of where we were. And it's just, it's so dull. It really is. I I had a really hard time getting through this one. And the only reason I'm going to continue is because everybody on every episode I've been on um, (laughs) to cover this, everybody says it gets better. It really does get better. (laughs) So lots of hope.
0: Yes. You and Dana are told that. I think
3: every recording (laughs) you and Dana are both have been told it does get better, but Ian, right? It does. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in fairness, I, uh, Dana, you said you kind of forgot about Cordy in season season three. I feel like Buffy season three just kind of forgets about Cordy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's uh, (laughs) a, she, Lonnie from Chipperish calls uh, Joyce a conflict vending machine. And I think that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cordy kind of begins life on the show that way, definitely yeah. in season one, and then when they kind of bring her into the Scooby orbit, she gets to be by way of Xander a little bit more fully developed. But I always feel like uh, as after the breakup and the wish, Cordy is yeah. not a big part of the show anymore. She just kind of floats around. So uh, making her a protagonist in uh, Angel really gives her a chance to. To be the Cordy, I think. I, and I think, again, there's so many there's so much retroactive perspective on the characters when you go mm. back and re-watch, once you're done with Angel, when you go back and rewatch uh, the early seasons of Buffy, you bring all of the I, I think you bring all the, the the likes and dislikes from the show entire to that character. So I actually think um, Angel will make the earlier seasons of Buffy better. Mm-hmm. by way of uh, the love that you develop for uh, the characters. But yeah, I absolutely think it is, boy, is it an experimental show. <laughs> every season of the show has a different identity. Genre, genre, genre. <laughs> so yeah. every And I think arguably the first season has more than one, many more than one, Yeah, uh, as they kind of throw stuff against the wall to see what works, um, which, you know, has its pluses and minuses. It's also a season that was
1: really set up for success. This is a show that was set up for success. They gave them budget. They gave them, you know, they had what a bunch of different writers on this. They had, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. It felt like they. Like Buffy was the accidental hit, but this was the one that they were banking on being really successful as well. Um, yeah. And I was very happy to see Cordelia in all twenty-two of twenty-two episodes. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot to love about about Cordelia, I, and I think that I didn't appreciate her enough. She just gets she just becomes so much more dimensional. In, in Angel, but yeah. I, I wanted to say something that really made a lot of sense when I heard it. I was doing research to you know talk about this uh, this uh, <laughs> recap, and I think it was Den of Geek, but I may be wrong here. But um, the person that was doing the video said Buffy is a show about growing up, and Angel is a show about being an adult and the weight that that carries.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I thought that that made a lot of sense because it, it That's really
1: interesting, better. yeah.
2: Because the shows to me feel disconnected because they're they are. <laughs> you know, Angel yeah. is like four hundred years old. He like actually gets <laughs> to be a grown up,
0: and like they definitely do age up Cordelia for this. But I think it does work because I think she still feels Cordelia. But like, you forget that like she's. 18 at the beginning of the season and it's like (laughs) oh Jesus so wild (laughs) Um, I will say I think I do I do agree with you about season three with Cordelia but I feel like it's almost what they do with Anya in season seven like they give Mm. her some fun stuff up front and then they kind of because I feel like homecoming and the wish are kind of like her arc in season three and then yeah they completely she's just there to like deliver a funny line So I always like do get. Oh, that makes sense. That if they had to pull another character to go with Angel, it would be her,
3: right? Like, yeah, I heard originally that um, uh, Nicholas Brendan was the one uh, who wanted or was um, volunteering to go over to Angel. There, there was something about him being one uh, taking charisma Carpenter's place for Angel, and they um, they didn't do that.
2: Well, that would have been awful.
3: I would <laughs> never have watched this
1: show. I would not be here covering this. I absolutely would not have
2: done it. You know why? Because the reason it works is there's that moonlighting, will they or won't they kind of tension. Yeah, yeah. But not not 100% because you know that there's always that investment that with Angel and Buffy. But I think that, that the platonic mm-hmm. intimacy between Cordelia and Angel works. It yes. would not have existed no. with With Xander.
3: (laughs) 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 They they could have gone a very different way with it, but yeah, I think you're right.
1: (laughs) I mean, it could have been, wait, let me, let's defend this for a second. This could have been Xander's big coming out journey, moving to LA, joining, you know, the, the, the gay party scene in LA. It'd been, it'd we been a don't whole journey
2: need him. For him. We didn't. We didn't need
1: him <laughs> on our team. <laughs> <laughs> he, he could have redeemed himself in the last couple of seasons. But um, yeah. it's really interesting, though, as you guys are talking about Cordelia and like her space in season three, because i would never really thought about it. But it also makes you wonder, like, how wasted she would have been in four, season five, yeah. season six, season seven. Yeah. So, I am really glad they moved her over, you know?
0: And because also, I don't know that, like, it really wouldn't have made sense for her to go to the same college as Buffy and Willow. Like, they even did, like, I forget, uh, Ian, I feel like you might remember, I forget what's the episode where, like, you find out she did really well in her SATs.
3: That's the What I Test Well episode. And it's one of the popular ones, and I don't remember it off the top of Is my it
0: head. Is it the Zeppo?
3: uh no, no i don't i don't think so i don't yeah, no. i don't remember which one it is but um yeah she says what uh can't i have layers yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i love that episode um the, the writing for her the other issue i think for cordy and buffy is the writing is a little inconsistent yes because they can't decide if she's uh a ditz purely or if she's the super smart alpha and i mean i think that I always like the episodes where she's the super smart alpha. Yeah. uh, The what, uh, I can't have layers, Cordy. And then they just go with that Cordy and Angel.
0: I I do think you're right. She is, it is a little like, I still love her, but yeah, it's, it is a little inconsistent. Also, even with like, because season three, she's mostly a Scooby, but then like, there are some episodes where randomly she pops up to like, say really mean shit and then just leave. But she's a
2: reluctant Scooby. That's yeah. the thing, you know, whereas like Willow and Xander are all in. She is absolutely reluctant about being a Scooby.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Again, if you remove Xander was, I mean, there's a, there's a symbolic structural relationship between Xander, Willow, uh, Giles and Buffy mm. that really cemented the chemistry. And if you remove Xander from that, uh, yeah, I don't know where they go. Uh, with all of that and Cordy originally was supposed to be a road not traveled for Buffy she has a line in Helpless where she says uh, before I was the Slayer uh, I was why don't I use names we'll just call her Spordelia but she looked like (laughs) a classic uh, philosopher compared to me Cordy (laughs) is supposed to be like what Buffy's life could have been and then once she gives that up that arc is done Oh, where she's uh, kind of says, "Okay, uh, that that's not going to be me. I'm the Slayer," and then they needed to take Cordy to a new realm, and they they did with um once they sparked the the Xander Cordy uh, arc. Yeah,
0: and I I mean I do think I when I when I interviewed Evan Roskatz, who literally wrote a book on Buffy, um, he actually said he felt like a little bit of Cordelia was a rewrite, but I really do feel like her. It feels organic. Like all of her stuff. I don't the thing I, the only thing I will say I don't love is in the finale when she has to explicitly say out loud that she's changed. And it's like, no, but this has been coming. We don't need to say it out loud because it's we've watched it happen over the season. And I think it yeah, began it's a little in
3: the show. Right? Well, it's yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like, but I do, you know, um, Hannah in our Discord server said that she felt it is the most organic relationship because. Like Cordelia and Angel start with like a nothing relationship, right? It's just, oh, she, he's like kind of a guy she thinks is hot, but like she doesn't give a shit. So it starts as like a nothing relationship and we get to see it evolve. And like we don't often get that in TV shows, like over the course of two different shows, you know what I mean? Like Yes. There's, so, there's I do, a
2: level of awkwardness with them in the beginning
0: mm-hmm. that
2: starts to melt away and then they become actually like really dear to each other.
0: Yes. Yes. And I, I think it's important what you mentioned, Dana, that it is. They do mostly keep it platonic for the first season, but they are getting closer, and you see, like, even the episode where her apartment's haunted, and, you know, that's pretty early on, and she has to go over there and, like, use the shower, and he's walking around in this ridiculous robe, and Doyle comes in and thinks they've, like, fucked, but they're both like, no, what are you kidding, we're just, what are you talking about, we're just friends, like they're very chill about it. Like to them, it Wait, was nothing. does
2: Angel get cold? Does he really need
0: a robe? <laughs> <laughs> it's aesthetic purposes. Yeah. He was like, oh, I, I look know. kind of like a fuckboy boy in this. I better wear <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and I think, I do think it worked giving her the visions. What do you all think about that?
2: I'm fine with it. You know, I mean, everyone's <laughs> got their special thing, except Xander. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. The, the way it happened, like the kind of, here, this, you're, this is being thrust upon you kind of thing. Seems mm. like the sort of thing that would happen, Cordelia.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Zach, what do you think about it? You, you knew that, though, right? That she would, she has visions? Uh, did I know she has visions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <Okay>.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, though. I don't... Because I just... I've never thought about if it works or not. It's just always kind of been there in my memory mm. before Cordelia and Angel. I, yeah. I guess it works, right? Like, I mean, it does the purpose. They've got to know when to go fight the crimes and what the crimes are and what demons are running around. So, I guess. Um, I, yeah, I've never really thought about it. I, I'm okay <laughs> with it. It's fine.
2: It was like, it's like having a cell phone before they had cell phones.
0: Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> Ian, what do you think about that? Like, Do you think... I, I'm curious what your, like, Buffy scholarly opinion is. I feel like we're both, like, the same level of, like, intense Buffy vans, but you were... Just a lot smarter about
3: it well that's just wasting a lot more time reading about all of the different fan theories Uh, but the uh um it's hard i I mean like zach it's hard for me to yeah it's kind of like what do i think about buffy being the slayer yeah Yeah, that's kind of what i think of it it, (laughs) yeah it's hard for me to picture it otherwise i mean i guess the question then is like what does what do we think about the transition from doyle to cordelia Um, Or uh, sort of Cordelia being the character uh, inheriting the visions. I think it gives her a lot more to do. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Doyle. I mean, you know, you never can tell when uh, life outside the show is going to take a different direction. And it's unfortunate that that was the case. But um, I think that the visions definitely give her. A journey that she may, they may have been struggling with otherwise, or rather, it made the the journey more clear, which was, you know, hers is a kind of the path of self-importance, wanting to be famous, wanting to be rich, and so forth, and the the visions giving her an access to the suffering and experiences of other people outside of herself. I think is a wonderful way of growing her. But I love too that they sort of subvert our expectations by not letting that change Cordy completely. She's still yes. Cordelia. I mean, this is yet to come, but she still wants what she wants and is, she, is who she is. And it just creates this more complex layer of adulthood for her that I think is really beautiful. I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I mean, so, and you know, Zach and I do two different podcasts mm-hmm. together. So he's probably, he's heard me give this spiel a thousand times, but like, <laughs> I poor Zach. Uh, I could I, write your
1: life story, but now I'm sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I only have like ten stories to tell, and I tell them all all They're the fantastic. time. Fantastic! Tell it <laughs> again,
1: Ian. Tell it again. <laughs>
0: um, you know, like Cordelia—that's the thing that I've always loved—is that she's allowed to grow, but she can still be like sassy. She can still be fashionable, and it's very much like you know, on um, My Bloody Judy. We talk a lot about Scream and like Gale Weathers, and it's like Gail Weathers, Cordelia Chase. And, you know, one of our co-hosts, Summer Bishel's uh, Margot that she played on The Magicians, it's like, those are characters that I love where we can have them grow. But to put it in like weird, like I feel like especially in the early 2000s, like some of the horror movies and stuff, it would be like at the end, the goth girl now has to dress in like pastels to show she's changed. And that always fucking pissed me off because like... I'm still going to wear my black skinny jeans no matter what. Like even if I'm feeling nice or I'm feeling shitty, like that's how I dress. So I always like hate when it has to be a hard transition. Um, I liked an organic and hers feels organic and she's allowed to still be like cutting and severe while being a hero and being a do-gooder. And we just don't get that often enough. It is a lot more common now, but especially back then it wasn't, right? Right.
2: You can peel the skinny jeans off of Ian's <laughs> old dead thighs.
1: And if you're not in pastels, did you really change? I, mean, I don't right. know. I don't <laughs> think so. Um, but Passion of the Nerdian. Uh I, I really liked what you said about that being, because I guess I guess in Buffy, right, like she still did come from a sort of background where she didn't really have to care about other people, right? And so this being the first season of Angel, like we saw a little bit of that growth in Buffy and her starting to come outside of herself, and we see that she did care about other people, and like in fact she did look out for others. But this was, I guess, a more severe way of showing that, but still, you
3: know. Well, I mean, angels, angels, bigger stakes. Yeah, uh, you know. It's, even so I think just- in that
1: way, I do like it.
3: The, uh, the, you know, Buffy has, uh, I'm having to learn the plural of apocalypses, (laughs) uh, Buffy has a number of different apocalypses, but it always just feels like the end of Sunnydale, not the end of the world. When angel deals with apocalypses, it feels properly world ending. And I think that, you know, along with the raised stakes and adolescence versus adulthood, uh, the, you know, the symbols get bigger, um, I would like yeah. to just hear you talk about season one. I think we could all just sit here and just
1: listen <laughs> to you talk about season one because I'm, 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 gleaning a lot from you. <laughs> the, uh,
3: uh, one of my favorite uh, bits of uh, of her being cutting and yet vulnerable is in the which bothered and bewildered Xander mm-hmm. gives her the necklace and she breaks up with him. Oh, um, yeah. And the scene later on where he asks for the necklace back and she has to dodge in the locker because she's actually wearing it because you know, and we know Xander's from, it's not the standard of jewelry that she's used to Xander's from a poorer family. Right. So she's not wearing it because it's pricey, expensive jewelry. She's wearing it because she still cares about him. Mm -hmm. And just talking about show, don't tell that's a wonderful little moment of her being that complex character of, the person she thinks she has to be versus the person that she is.
0: Yeah, you know, and like, it's funny, when we interviewed Charisma Carpenter, I had asked her specifically what she thought, like, drew everyone to Cordelia. And she, it was funny, because she was like, I guess everyone likes a bitch. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, that, like <laughs> it's there from the beginning that Cordelia has more layers than, like, they either intended or that, like, w- but it's always there. And I, I think part of it probably could have been, like, charisma's acting you know like
2: oh she's a great actor
0: yeah like she's so good at like i I don't hate her even when she's being mean right like well
2: it's the same thing with spike like james is such a good freaking actor that you can't help but like love this evil dude
0: (laughs) yeah you know dana i i don't think i've said this on one of your episodes yet but i've said this on the last five but yeah i feel like of all the Buffy actors, James Marsters and Chris, James Marsers and Chris McCarpenter kind of have chemistry with everyone they have a yeah. scene with. Yeah, they're great because they're both such good fucking actors, right? Well, they're
2: what, what's what's different about them is or special about them as actors is they're very like reciprocal actors. Look, you, you can tell that they are in the moment, mm. and they are feeding back the same energy that they're getting.
0: Huh? I'd never heard that term before, Dana. Well, reciprocal. I mean, I got to
2: put my
0: theater degree to some years. <laughs> True. Uh, um, so, well, you know, we. Side note, real quick. Uh, Dana, I did our. I did the Slayer Fest podcast wrapped for like Slayer Fest. The chosen episode that you and Zach are both on for and Kirsten and Adam had 524% more than other every other Slayer Fest episode. Like, I guess more we, streams we just, and downloads. We
2: needed it. We needed it at that time. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. It was like I looked at that number and was like, holy fucking shit. Like that just feels like I what does that even mean? Like 524% improvement? Like that feels there were 524 like
2: 524 people listening. I guess.
0: <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, but yeah, no, I and I I guess we should talk about Doyle too, because this is the first time I cared about Doyle, I will say. Like before having to talk about the podcast episode but having to talk about the show on a podcast. I kind of felt like, yeah, Doyle's whatever, but like this time I was like, oh no, he does have pretty good chemistry with Cordelia. He is like, I mean, he's a little problematic when he's talking about women, but like,
1: so there are a lot was of men he? on those shows. There has been a lot worse on these shows. Yes, Let's be yes. real about yeah. that.
2: <laughs> he's a char- he was a charming actor, and um, it's such a such a tragedy, you know, about yeah. in his life being cut short because he he really did. He had something that drew you to him. Same with same with when he was in Roseanne he was not a particularly likable character, but there's something about him as an actor, as a person mm-hmm. that draws you in. So I could see how Doyle has this kind of built in likability.
3: He feels very effortless. Yeah. You know, just sort of um, effortlessly believable.
0: That's, you know, that's accurate. Yeah.
3: I think the nice thing about him versus, uh, I would talk about problematic sleaze bags, I guess, for lack of a better <laughs> term when you're, uh, is that the difference between sort of, and I don't mean that as harshly as I, as it sounds, but, uh, I just am trying to, th- I, I couldn't think of the, 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 a better term, but talking about the difference between Doyle and Xander, um, right. the writing is aware that Doyle is the way that he is. And the issue with Xander has always been that it co-signs a lot of his bullshit, you know, um, his, uh, I don't think this outfit makes you look like a hooker. You know, <laughs> he, there's never any um, yeah. repercussions for the way he talks about Cordelia or there's even a slut shaming of Buffy in in uh, one of the episodes and, and so forth. And I think those things sort of add up. Um, yeah. Every character on the show makes mistakes, but Xander's until season six aren't really there aren't a lot of repercussions for it. But the show knows what Doyle is and doesn't necessarily endorse it. It just represents it. My favorite line of Doyle's is, um, is uh, Angel says, why do you live like this? And and Doyle says, well, it's the kind of life uh, that keeps your expectations from getting too high, mm-hmm. which I think thematically is a wonderful. Uh, he's talking about maintaining a sense of hopelessness in his own life. Mm-hmm so that he's never disappointed. And, and I identify with that. I think that's a really powerful yeah. expl- explanation of a particular uh, kind of behavior. And I think a lot of his uh, stuff sort of filters backwards from them from there. Um, so, yes, I mean, problematic, but uh, I think it's a little different than Xander.
0: Yeah, no, I – again, back to what Zach fucking just said, like, God, I can listen to you talk about them, like, you just talked, like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, tell me what, what I think about the season.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> just co-sign, like, because it's really, that's a really fucking good point, that, like, that is the difference, because Angel is never, like, oh, you're right, do like, Angel will give him a, like, roly eye look, or, like, we get, like, Cordelia and Angel, when he does make his, like, whatever comments, they will be like, ugh. Um, so the show does like acknowledge, yeah, that like he's charming, but sometimes he makes like stupid comments and like, you're right. That does make it a little bit more like, all right, at least we're acknowledged. Cause like, I, I, I mean, I've said this so many times, but I go back to season six with Xander leaving Anya at the altar. And I feel like he never, even back then when I was very much like, oh, I love all the characters and I don't hate anyone I hated him when he left Anya at the altar <laughs> and then like for the rest of the season when he's like mad we that she just can't even
1: Yeah, I can't even like, get into it. Yeah. It's, it it's, it's seething.
0: <laughs> and like the show never is like Like Buffy and Willow, say they feel bad for everyone. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't want to hear. Well, both of you, no, no, (laughs) no. no. Him. (laughs) (laughs) Like who left who at the altar? Because that's the person. Like, your your dress was kind of ugly. Like you were. (laughs) I mean, so stupid. We can't even get into
0: that. But yeah, Ian, that's like a really good point. That it. That's what makes him more likable. And I, because it's funny, I, I, the reactions of Doyle have been a little like mixed online. Like some people. Like love him, they adore him, and they're like, you know, which I do kind of agree with that, like, oh, there was, like, really good potential there with that character. And then some people really hate him for those comments, but I do think you're kind of right. That is what so makes I sense.
1: Think there's, I think there was fantastic potential with that character, and I totally understand why, like, they had to remove him from the show. I, right. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Um, But I also find myself questioning, like, did I have a genuine affection for the character or do I already know the live story of the actual actor in my head mm. and have that in my head while I'm watching this? And I don't right. think that's something I can decipher just yet. I don't know. Probably never. I don't know.
3: Yeah. I think we're going through a um, – I, I was thinking about this. Lonnie and I are doing a rewatch of uh, The X-Files. And I've been astonished uh, at the number of how many of my favorite episodes were written by Vince Gilligan. But we were watching one of them uh, last night. I can't remember the name of the episode. It's the I think it's called Drive. It's the one that Vince Gilligan wrote with um, what's his name from Breaking Bad, um, Brian Cranston. So Brian Cranston is the victim of the story. He has a problem with his head. Where if Mulder doesn't drive the car fast enough, his head's going to explode. Um very <laughs> so X Files.
2: Speed for this is a plot of Speed.
3: They even acknowledge Speed in the story, um, but uh, except it's Brian Cranston's head. But the thing of it is, is that Brian Cranston is written as an unlikable character in the story. Um, he's anti-Semitic. Uh, he's and i think that that's a lost art i think that writing problematic challenging characters that uh are that are that people that suck but we <laughs> still have empathy for are uh, is 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 yeah interesting because like we're going through um a big swing in the media right now, a big and necessary, uh, challenging conversation about the kinds of stories that we write and the kinds of things, those stories endorse. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we're doing that. But I think that, um, I think characters like, uh, Doyle and characters like Cranston from the story are, I mean, it would be a shame to, to lose the, that kind of character uh, you know, the, the, what we want to do is out the Xanders and keep the Doyles, uh, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. while, while sort of finding where that line is. And boy, is it a difficult, challenging uh, line, but um, just something I was thinking about recently. I apologize. No, no, that's...
0: <laughs> I I love that very specific X-Files reference. But um, yeah, so... <laughs> I also have meant to do an X-Files rewatch, but I always feel like it probably wouldn't hold up as well because I loved it <laughs> as a kid. Um, but uh, so I guess we'll talk... Wesley, because <laughs> I this, if anything, Ian, you have
2: made me like Wesley. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was going to
0: ask where you landed now.
2: <laughs> I have
0: an affection for Wesley. Zach?
1: No, not yet. We'll wait until <laughs> season two. I'll give it. I'll give it to season two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because I do think... Um, and Ian, I'll be is what you say, but I do think they have trouble with Wesley at first when they bring him on. He's a little too like goofy slapstick and they like level him out somewhere towards like the end. Um, I think it's in like the ring is where the first time he's like picks it up and we see that he can be tough.
3: Well, <laughs> there, there are there, uh, I, 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 there are hints of competent Wesley throughout. I do like the way that they handle. They make it clear that if you look for the signs, they're always there that Wesley is actually really good at what he does and knows what he's doing. The problem with Wesley is Wesley. Yeah. Um, but I think like Cordelia, there are some, I mean, Wesley was a drastically different character on Buffy, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's there was some experimentation that went with them trying to figure out who he was. Do you
2: think the fact that he, he had to hold up this watcher thing, right? That he was basically like putting on a costume while he was, was on Buffy and on angel. He's allowed to kind of be more of himself and be, you know, like Mm. use his actual skills to help.
3: Yeah. That it's hinted at why he, I mean, I think it's i I've got you under my skin. The kid that's possessed uh, makes fun of Wesley with Wesley's own voice about uh the abuse he received from his father and that's why he wanted to be yeah um a watcher and why he wanted to prove himself to his dad and all of that um there's a and boy is there uh, some interesting uh, there are some interesting things yet to come but i love that i think you're right i think that that the breaking down of the thing he pursued to prove himself to his dad is what was necessary to sort of for him to find himself in a way that's really fun on the show.
0: Wait, that was one of my, one of like the like moments that sticks out in recording this season is Zach, when we recorded, I've got you under my skin. And I was, I remember saying, Oh, this pays off in season five. And you were like, what? Season five. (laughs) Cause I don't want to hear about that about
1: anything. It's terrible. (laughs) I think Wesley was like so good in both of the faith episodes. I, I, I was amazed with what they did with him. Right. But then like, after that, it just feels like, and I don't know if it's the season. I don't know if it's him. I don't. It just feels like he's such a drag. Still, I like. I completely forgot about those two episodes as I was going through the rest
3: of the season. <laughs> I, I have ambivalent feelings about developing all the characters through pain and suffering, but I guess that's kind of <laughs> the, like that's kind of what character development is. It's, it's a, a drama. drama. <laughs> it's sort of the, I mean, but in this case, it's literal pain. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Wes gets stabbed in the neck and tortured by Faith, and uh, uh, Cordy gets mind crippling, agonizing visions. It, it still makes me. It it's still, you know, can we have a. <laughs> No, we're
1: sadistic. We this is how we watch these okay. shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: You know that's funny because I mean, and I don't want to give give Joss any flowers at all. But my mom, when we watched Buffy, I remember my mom saying these shows love to kill all their characters. It feels like it feels like reading my mom. My mom mostly reads romance novels, but she used to read like she compared it to like Hemingway, how like all the characters always die in the end. Um, and she would always think that Buffy was like in Farewell to Arms, how both the both members of the couple just die. Um and she would always be worried that Buffy was gonna die and chosen. These shows do love torturing their characters. <laughs> um but I Dana, what do you feel about his development this season? I mean,
2: I know that he's going to get even more kind of like serious, Wesley, as things mm. progress through the seasons, but I can see it. So like I try to look at these sorts of things from the actor's perspective mm. because it's all I got, kids. It's all I,
0: got. <laughs> I love when you flex that actor brain.
2: <laughs> um but yeah, so I see I see the work going mm. into uh, well, at least Alexis is doing the work, right? Yeah. So um I I mean for me who was absolutely just like 100% not on team Wesley for me to be able to say okay okay I don't hate <laughs> the guy I'm starting to I'm starting to understand uh, I think that there had, there was some growth there for sure
0: <laughs> I mean I will say Wesley in terms of like Buffyverse characters I actually like he's someone I do sometimes forget about. I do think he has a very good arc but it does feel a little character rewritey to me um But I still like him. I still, he's still a character I love. I still, you know, cry in the finale. Yeah, I think, and I think, Gerald, right, it's like Alexis's acting. Like, these shows always benefited from having, like, really great actors, right? Like, and he is very good. I mean, we can see, like, you, I mean, Ian, I think you'll, right, like, he really gets to flex his acting chops throughout this show.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's funny that he started as sort of, Pratt fall Tweety, yeah. uh, but not in a sexy way like Giles Wesley from <laughs> the uh, Buffy and and then sort of where, where things go. I, I think I agree with the character rewrites uh, reading, but just for about the first half of this season. I think that after I mean, basically the I've Got You Under My Skin or the episode with Faith, where he sort of becomes very sobered yeah, I think he's consistent throughout, and arguably he has one of the hairiest journeys of any of the characters. And i th- I think it's motivated, but we'll talk about it as we go. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm just I, i'm i'm very like excited to see what Zach and Dana feel like moving forward with these characters. Um, especially, I'm going to check in about Wesley a lot because uh, like <laughs> I do I do love him. I do love him. Um, so uh, I guess. <laughs> Ian, you were supposed to be on. You were. I wanted you on for Sanctuary because I was so curious, and now I need to ask you because you said you don't like that episode, right?
3: I hate that episode.
0: I. You probably disagreed with me and Zach then, but give give me. I want to know what you thought of Buffy. About. Oh goodness.
3: <laughs> so that's it, so that, uh, that's a really interesting one. Um. Uh. That one's written by Tim Minear and Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Which is bizarre to me because uh, five by five is spectacular. It's a yeah. wonderful episode. Um, I weep at the end of that episode. It is so well done. And then sanctuary, every scene that Buffy's in, I I feel like that's not my Buffy. Like I'm, mm. I'm such, I, 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 it's weird to feel protective of that character, <laughs> but the show is so precious to me. Yeah. And she feels so out of character in every just spiteful and mean and, and whatever. And then as soon as they go back to Sunnydale in uh, the follow-up where Angel goes and has a fist fight with Riley that is delightful and a ton of fun. And then uh, she goes out in the hallway. Then suddenly she's the Buffy that we all know. Mm-hmm. And they talk like people and they work through their problems and they forgive each other. But she's just there for conflict. In sanctuary, and it just does, and it feels like a miswriting of the character. But that episode drives me crazy, if for no other reason that five by five is the brightest shining star in all of Angel season one.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I would agree with that. I don't think that. So for me, it
1: still feels like Buffy, right? I think the problem where the problem for me comes in is that there wasn't enough time. They brought her in super quick, and she's there too. Give all the angry emotions and that's about it, right? Like they don't really give her a whole lot to do other than that. She shows up, they have the rooftop fight, and then they're at the police station. They that should have been another episode or two episodes.
3: Yeah. 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 You could fix it that way. I mean, there are a lot of ways to fix it. Remove the wetworks team. Yeah, you know. Because I think all of her anger and all of her conflict was completely justified in context.
0: Yes. Yes. It was
3: In that three minute scene in the hallway between Angel and (laughs) Angel and Buffy, that's why it feels so weird in Sanctuary to me.
0: See, and like, and it's funny because I think that was one of the best discussions we've had this season, only because Zach and I both came down hard with no, Buffy. Is, has every right to be this angry. She wouldn't actually kill Faith. She's just fucking pissed. Faith beat up her mom and stole her body like yesterday. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: like fucking rude.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. I, I don't disagree. Also, her entry, it, it, the uh, the it, Dawn is famous for this. Uh, entering at exactly the wrong moment to hear exactly the wrong thing to just oh, drive yeah. conflict and have her leave. Favorite trope. <laughs> I, I I I hate it. I hate it. And then she's burning trash cans upstairs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: This is this is a great opportunity for us to move into faith,
3: and yes. this is what I yeah. want to say
2: about faith. Faith just wants to not be judged. Yeah, and that's what she finds an angel.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that she's so used to being judged by Buffy, by judged by Xander, judged by everybody, like whatever. Like she finally just gets to like
0: breathe yeah yeah how do you do you like her on angel dana oh i like faith oh everybody
1: (laughs) should like faith everybody on this discussion yeah (laughs) buffy and faith were robbed of a very long discussion in this season they were owed a very lengthy 30 minute discussion between the two of them
0: man even like zach i'm getting emotional just thinking about it like that shit makes me emotional because it's like i do love both of them but like I I know that I would be just as hot as Buffy is in that scene, like, and, like, Sam rashad Gallery is just, I mean, an episode where we talk about how good she is acting, of course, but, like, the way she conveys emotions, like, when he, when Angel hits her, I'm like, you motherfucker. Oh, like yeah, I,
1: stake him, stake him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, I've never been more <laughs> mad at Angel than when he hits her, and the, like, reaction she gives with her face, like, hurts my feelings. Like, I'm like, how dare you hit her? Like, I get so angry because, like, Buffy's my hero. She's my favorite character. And like Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting in that scene, I think that's what I like about it. Is like, and Zach and I we talked about it because we had uh Kim Southwick and Ryan Houlihan, and they felt more like you did, Ian. Um and it was a really like right, Zach, I think it was a really great discussion. That was
1: fantastic because yeah. nobody was really budging on their, their points of view, but we were all kind of like, I don't
3: know,
1: like scenes, <laughs> Armchair, armchair
3: psychologists,
1: you know. Yeah. The, other
3: thing, the other thing that's bizarre is that it forgets the some of what Buffy got to witness in the freaky Friday at the end of the freaky Friday episode, faith is punching her own face. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's Buffy, but she's punching her own face out of self hatred and rage. And then they swap and Buffy has a moment of comprehension of what faith deals with that level of self-hatred and self-destruction that leads to um, suicide by cop attempt at the end of five by five and none of that is present in her scenes in sanctuary yeah. none of that awareness of what faith deals with or the that self-hatred or that self-destruction that was reflected in them. There's a whole mirror theme of them seeing each other, like mirrors are uh, polar opposites, but they are mirrors of each other in the Freaky Friday episode, and it's beautifully done. And it's gone in Sanctuary. It's it's just time. It really is just time because this whole thing, both of these episodes
1: are what, a day, two days, most? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. It it doesn't work. And, you know, I think um, we were – I do feel like we were robbed of the Buffy-Faith relationship because I think Buffy would have been closer to Faith than any of the other Scoobies in the last 20 years. Like had we caught up with them now, I feel like they would have been fighting vampires and and the Paris catacombs and like you know fucking guys and each other and like it had just been a wild twenty years and they would have been the best of friends. But we got a we got a three minute you know helicopter rooftop you know screaming match between them and that was about it. There
2: you're giving me Are the vapors thinking about Buffy <laughs> and, and the
3: catacombs. Buffy and fucking down the Paris catacombs. <laughs> i i I, the thing i love about the uh ian you asked about the angel faith relationship the thing i really love about that relationship is it's really the first there's a whole um alcoholic metaphor going on with angel um angel is recovering what
0: episode did you talk about that in ian i forget uh
3: i don't remember i think it was the prodigal i was in it um, i remember that Or somnambulist, one of those two. It was somnambulist because it was the word. Yes, that was it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that word that Zach and I can't say because (laughs) I do think that's a really fucking good. Like I think about that metaphor a lot, Ian. Since you said that on the podcast, like I've been thinking about it a lot.
3: Well, and uh, Angels had a couple of sponsors. I mean, Mm. uh, he and he and Darla were alcoholics together, and then Buffy was really his first, or Whistler was his first sponsor. And then uh, Buffy advocated for him and he tried to quit and go off the wagon and she uh, showed up for him and wouldn't let him. And then Cordelia kind of takes over that role in *Somnambulist* when she says it wasn't him, Angel. Uh, It wasn't you, Angel. They were just dreams. Yeah. You know, when he's sort of reflecting like, but I still want a drink. I still have the desire for for a drink. Does that mean that I'm not healed, that I'm not healthy? But the thing about Angel and Faith is that – Uh, that's angel sponsoring someone else, which is um, a path for many people in uh, not many people, but that is a path in AA of uh, taking that and advocating for someone else Hmm. um, and, and uh, sponsoring someone else and helping them through the journey that you're going through. Um, And I think that fits beautifully with um, uh, the faith angel stuff. I really love it.
0: Yeah. If there's two things that, that that and i you know i think that even shows in the finale um ian like to lend to your like cordelia as a sponsor because at the very end when she's like making sure the boys are eating and she like hands him a glass of um I almost said milk a glass of blood mm-hmm. um and he gives her like a look and she's like what don't be embarrassed we're family and she just like yeah. hands it to him and that kind of right that like almost play, that plays into that too right
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, She's definitely, I, you know, there's always a, like, I think my mind naturally goes to a question of intention. Was that intended? Who cares? It's there. Um, (laughs) And I think it it reads pretty clearly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think also the thing I like about Angel and Faith, which, you know, for a genre show, they love to squeeze in a romance. Right. And I, I don't mind a romance, but I don't need it all the time. And I love that with Faith and Angel, there literally is none. Like they don't try to, you know, Faith is the way she is where she's like flirty because she's flirty with everyone, but it's not, she's not trying to fuck him. Like, right. I don't, there's never. Yeah, and I like how she's
2: learned to survive in this world as a woman. Right.
0: Yeah.
3: Right.
2: That's those, that's, I mean, we're all, I mean, even I, a queer person like was armed with that at a young right. age
0: but dana do you like do you, do you like their relationship angel and faiths
2: yeah you know i kind of see angel as like Olivia pope in some ways like he's a fixer <laughs> like people I, come I, to I angel that. to get fixed
0: <laughs> or to like fix their abduction issues or their son's position issues
2: right but like I mean, yeah you know people come in general like he's a detective right he's got his private he's a private eye but like people that we care about, these characters that we care about about come to Angel, and like like we're talking about Wesley, we're talking about Faith, we're talking about Cordelia. Like all of them have these things in their lives that that are these big gaping holes in their psyches or their emotional well being, and they come to Angel and they start to heal.
0: Yeah, I, I mean it's true, and like I think season one didn't know how to quite handle that metaphor but i think it gets better as the show goes along because we we get that with angel but we don't need like the focus on a random main character that like we don't care about that's coming to him and that's why i think faith works so well because you're right she is i mean she's not doing it she's not coming to have him help her but that's what she's the show is doing she's coming to get help from him and like it works very well when it's character like i mean she's just such a good character right because you still you don't like what she did to buffy because buffy's the main character and we love buffy but like you still feel for faith as well
1: but when in a show like this where everybody has shown problematic behavior at one point or another and everybody has done a murder um, right (laughs) then she's fine she blends in she works and she deserves her arc just like everybody else now i really love The whole idea of Angel as a fixer, as the helper, right? But I think where they fall short, especially in this season, because... We haven't gone to the other ones yet. It's just that. He has hundreds of years of life experience and stories to use in order to help people. Where are the life lesson discussions where he sits down and with somebody and explains a, a memory from his past and how he learned from that? And like, that's what I really wanted, right? Like we get the flashbacks, we get all of the, the bad accents and the bad wigs and <laughs> all of that good stuff. But like, where are the life lessons and him talking and sharing that with other people?
0: Hmm. I mean, I think it's, I think you are right. I think it's supposed to be there. And when he's like, anytime he gives them like a little talk, it's probably supposed to be relating back to like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, I guess we'll talk about Wolfram and heart. I, I, I know I've said this before, but Wolfram and heart doesn't work for me until it does. Um, and that is once they start being like, Oh, let's bring back, Lila. Oh, let's bring back Lindsay. Oh, that other like it just feels game like lawyer. they're fucking around
1: this whole season. Like I don't understand
0: goals here.
2: They were just <laughs> towing into evil in the yeah. in the first you know first half of that series. Did
0: Dana? Did you know about Wolfman Hart, or was it kind of like I no? Um... I did.
2: I did know okay. about Wolfram and Hart. Um, I'm still not quite sure what they are or why they're why they're doing <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I know, all I know is that young that young man Lindsay. That's his name, right, Lindsay? <laughs> yes. He has the the most outrageous head of hair
0: oh, yes. I have ever oh, yes. seen in
2: my life.
1: More screen <laughs> top. I need that. Um, Wolverine Heart feels like a bunch of frat bros. Like, they are like, well, let's just, you know, let's conjure the devil you know let's just do it <laughs> why not um it's it's fucking weird and i i know that they play a whole big deal over the course of the series so i mm-hmm. i don't have any negative things to say about wolferman Hart as like an institution in this world but it's just like i, mean, I, was I so hired confused.
2: them for for something
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was just so confused with him the you whole want them
2: on your side
1: Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. With Lindsay, I'm hiring Lindsay. Okay. <laughs> I'm hiring Lila. <laughs> I don't care about Lila as much. I know. I know you've been raving on her. The whole uh, she. Season. She.
0: Right, Ian. She gets really good.
3: Lila. Yeah. 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 I think whenever they want to develop a character, they don't necessarily do it through romantic relationships or something like that, but they bring them into orbit of other characters. And once uh Lila and Lindsay are more tied together, yeah. I think she becomes more interesting. And um, you know, there are more developments uh farther on down. But um I my I, I didn't think Wolfram and Hart was I agree. Wait, the frat bro thing is really weird, but they do have that yeah. <laughs> energy. I think it's something about the the, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the styles early in the. the, the I don't, uh, don't know. I can see them throwing a kegger. With <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I loved uh, once they brought in Holland Manners in yeah. in Blind Date. Um, Sam Anderson is it the Sam Anderson.
0: I just know he was Bernard and Lost. That's what I know him
3: from. Yeah, well, Bernard and Lost is spectacular. <laughs> yes. uh, I think he's a lot of fun. And Lindsay uh, having daddy issues and then having an evil daddy. I think it works pretty well for me. I like it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it is at the very base, a fun idea for a genre show.
3: Yeah. And, and the way, um, yeah, it's Sam Anderson, the way uh, he plays Holland, you're not sure if he's going to knit you a sweater or shoot you in the back of the head. Yeah. I think that's great. That's a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) And you're like, I love it. I love that. I love that energy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think, I, I, the a thing that I kept thinking is how weird it is. And Ian, I don't know if you'll agree with me that, like, the different, even though they're tied together, the different paths Lindsay and Lila go on, and how after two, their paths, like, they, it becomes completely separate,
3: right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, well, Lila does get uh, a lot more development, but um, uh, I wish that they had spent more, uh, time with a backstory on her the way they did uh, with Lindsay. Yeah. But you know, again, we'll get there.
0: I will say, I remember, I know that Lindsay gets a backstory in season two. I don't even fucking remember what it is though. Um, My thing is it's immediately more fun. Once we have characters to like, that's the face that we think of when we think of this. Like, I don't like, you know, a lot of shows that have done like an evil company, but you don't ever like, it's just kind of like ominous evil company. Um
2: Right. There are faces to Wolf heart. Right. Yeah.
0: Like, um, not to, I'm going to sound like a snob here, but um in th- Thomas Pynchon's The Crying of Lot 49, the whole book is about an evil company that is controlling everything. And it ends with the main character stepping into a room to talk to them. And like, that's the end of the book. And I just remember reading that in um, grad school and being so fucking pissed. And everyone was like, no, that's the point. It's so meta. And I was like, no, but fucking show me that thing. I don't want it to like lead up to her walking in a door and that's it. Like, and I was the dummy in the class. Everyone else is like, oh, it's so like deep. And I'm like, is it? I don't know. Like, I'm a very like, show me, like, show me the thing. I don't need to like. Sometimes
2: things can be deep and dumb.
3: (laughs) Thank you, Dana. (laughs) I think they made it. it, Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if they were trying to balance. So when they're making the switch from case of the week to episodic case of the week to y stuff, Mm. uh, maybe they were trying to sort of keep the what was good about the case of the week stuff, while having potential for an arc. And Wolfram and Hart as the big bad provides that potential. Yeah. But I was just thinking about why. Buffy had a specific symbolic big bad every single season that was representative of a different stage in her development, mm. and Angel doesn't. Um, you know, I mean, is sorry, that that's not, is that not what happens? That's the bit of a spoiler. I apologize. Angel, yeah, he's got,
2: like Hart. mini bads, but yeah, like Wolfman yeah. and Hart is like the main big bad for the whole thing. Right. They yeah.
3: tend to be the, the, uh, a constant force throughout the series. And then you have the episodic little bits, uh, here and there. Um, it's interesting. That is, you really know,
0: I, I think season three is my favorite and I think season three does the, that balance best. And then they drop a little bit more in the case of the week. Because, and no spoilers, but there's that one case, Ian, that I don't even, I'm going to say it without spoilers because I don't fucking remember. That's why. Um, Where there's like a family that they take up a case with and then like an episode or two later, they end up having to go back to that house. And I think Cordelia gets captured and they find out the family had died. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I really like shit like that where it's like, that seemed like a throwaway case, but then it was not. And it was important, you know, like an episode or two later. Like I like shit like that where it's like, okay, good. We did have to, it was important for us to pay attention to those characters in that case of the week. Um, Because, and I made this comparison a lot. Dr. Who did that a lot where sometimes it would be like, yes, you have to care about this character. Yes, they will come back. And sometimes it'd be like, we want you to care about this character, but they're going to die at the end of the episode and we'll never mention them again. And I would always be like, well, now I don't care. Um, (laughs) Like I prefer like at least a little bit of a like callback. But I like serialized storytelling, um, so that's why the show does better for me in two. <clears throat> is there is there anything else we talk about before we talk about Angel himself?
2: Uh, what about Gun? We don't get a lot of Gun in the true. True, we do get, but we do, we get, get, but we do get him.
0: Dana, what do you think about Gunn?
2: I like him. I like that actor. Yeah. What's that yeah. actor's name?
0: J. August Richards.
2: Yes, I like him. Um, I get I get the broodiness for him. Um, I like him. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in in the yeah. you know subsequent seasons um i just don't have a i don't I can't say a lot because i don't know him yeah. that well but uh i like him
0: and i do think they didn't quite know what to do with him i mean, i, I don't even know that they knew what to do with him and the show uh I, I don't know ian what do you think i feel like the show didn't quite ever know what to do with
3: gun uh to me um because of issues of uh representation I think he's uh, a challenging character to, to talk about. I, yeah. I actually enjoy where his journey goes, but it also ends up accidentally reinforcing something that is problematic. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> <and laughs> no, we won't the, spoil the th-
0: it, but yes, I was thinking of that too, Ian.
3: Yeah. The thing of it is, is that Gunn is very tropey, very late nineties, early 2000s stereotype-y. Yeah. Um, and so are all of the characters when they start, uh, right. Cordy is, uh, you know, your are I mean, arguably run of the mill, uh, alpha high school, uh, right. character Doyle is, uh, your kind of predictable dirt bag. Um, yeah, but that's a problem when the, uh, trope is, uh, very tied to, uh, minority representation, mm-hmm. uh, during the time period. And, you know, um, uh, I I think part uh, it, I I've heard an interview with J August Richards, or I, I I read someplace, and I apologize if this is internet nonsense, but I believe that he was cast because he, what was it was the WB, mm-hmm. the the WB um, wanted he was a diversity hire for yes. the the show, and man, did they just come with uh, a pretty standard for its time. Yeah, backstory and and uh, starting point for that character, and it's it's a bummer because J August Richards is so solid. Um, He's very charming. I, I, I think arguably Angel season one starts with a stronger, more competent cast of experienced actors than Buffy did in its first season. I mean, a lot of them were new and just kind of getting their mm. feet wet and so forth. And I think you can feel that in the performances, the first season angels, just the, the actors are all hitting dingers uh, right yeah. off the bat. And I think that Jay August is so charismatic and so much fun that I think where that character starts is um, disappointing, but I do love um, guns trajectory in the series.
0: Ian, I I will say, uh, I hope you heard that on Slayer Fest, because he actually told that story when we interviewed him.
3: Oh, did he? Oh, it yeah. uh, um, <laughs> might have been from one of your tweets then that I, uh, I heard that. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I
0: we, Anthony and I interviewed him um, after he came out. He came on Slayer Fest. Um, and, yeah, he told that – he said that he was a diversity hire. Um, and, like, he even – I mean, he, of course, was nothing but kind talking about gun, but, like, it felt like – yeah that like he knew they kind of didn't know what to do
3: at first yeah and, and I mean, when you see shots of the mutant enemy's writer room writer's room, and right. it's mostly men and it's all white um you know, you kinda of understand that the stories and tropes that they're gonna start with are the ones that they've been consuming and and sort of regurgitate from there, and that's again the importance of representation and storytelling in all facets of it, um yeah. but you know. Uh, it was the time period, and it, it was kind of uh, this. Certainly, Angel was not the only show afflicted with the problem.
0: Right. Yeah, also that. Yeah, Zach, what'd you think of him? I, I really like Gunn,
3: and I know that
1: he's one of my favorite characters throughout the show. Um, so, I just in my memory remembered him being in this more, and I, I, I was surprised that he was only in the <laughs> I do too. Of this season. <laughs> um, So, I'm excited to see him going forward because I know I That's really like him. That's
2: the mark Gunn. of a good actor, though. Is, yeah. it's like you, if you thought that they were in more than they really were.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he, he, in my, in my, if I think of the cast of Angel in my memory, he's part of that. He's like the initial cast for me, even though I knew he didn't start out, but I figured he came in like five episodes in and I was really surprised uh, that it was so late. Um, I don't know, man. Like, so I'm really excited to see him, but I think the, the, the reason the show just so far hasn't worked for me and maybe it could be my end game as well as that. Just season one, especially. Just it's too broody. Really, it feels like Cordelia (laughs) is the only one actually trying to like lighten the mood sometimes, and everybody (laughs) else is so broody. It's not even just the guys. It's like Kate, Kate. Oh my gosh! I
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) We don't need to go into her. Uh, (laughs) Everybody is so broody, and you know what I loved about Buffy so much is that the characters like it doesn't take a whole lot of time to really, for them to grow on you, you know, like I love the characters in Buffy so much. And, and Faith is a character that really belongs on Angel because of how broody she is, but she worked on Buffy because she was surrounded by all of the Buffy cast. Right. And she could be the broody one. Everybody is broody in this fucking show.
3: (laughs) That is one of the reasons why I think the swap watch of Angel is one of the worst ways to watch it Mm -hmm. is because, um, Buffy is a light, fluffy... You know a uh, joyful bit of candy a lot of times, and angel is not mm-hmm. um, and and <laughs> like I think
0: that nice metaphor about Buffy and angel, I think
3: angel. by comparison, man, I don't know I'd have to agree yeah <laughs> i mean i agree I, I i completely agree with you when I was uh s- what the first time I watched all of Angel, uh with the exception of certain parts of the run, including season five, it was a bit of a chore, and that's because I couldn't help but make the comparison to all the things i love about buffy and that that wasn't in here as opposed to um developing an affinity for what angel does really well that's unique to the show from buffy but i mean the thing of it is is like chernobyl is a (laughs) dreary dark depressing (laughs) broody show (laughs) <laughs> right but we don't say uh you know and yet buffy is super we don't make that comparison but as a spin-off <laughs> show it kind of dooms angel to what buffy is not or, or or rather what it is not doing that buffy did uh, a lot of times and that buffy did really well and that we love the show for um, and that is something that for me just sort of drained away as the, the the first time I really enjoyed Angel the most was when I just watched Only Angel, and I binged the show mm. all the way through without swapping to Buffy. And then you sort of, like, you, you don't have that... I mean, going from Buffy to uh, Angel is like going from a milkshake to broccoli, uh, <laughs> right afterwards. It's like they're both important, but it's just such yeah. a weird palate shift. I will uh, say but- though,
1: like I didn't, I I didn't do a whole lot of shifting while I was watching this. I think it's just Buffy was so ingrained in me from such a sure. young age that I will never yeah. be able to
3: separate the two.
1: I just will never yeah. be able to do that.
3: Well, and especially when you get Oz on the show. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Seth Green is the like the little cameos. I think almost in this first season didn't serve. The show very well because you get that like, oh my god, there's Oz. I love Oz. Yeah. Hi, Oz. <laughs> you know, and then he goes away and it's sort of Broody McBruderson and and Team Darkness, uh the next episode. And um, you know, you miss that joy, uh, as opposed to sort of digging for, you know, maybe Angel doesn't yeah. offer that, but what does it offer, you know?
0: Yeah. So uh <laughs> Dana, real quick, I want to know what you think. I <laughs> yes, want to know what sir. you think about Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I,
2: think I read today that they there was an episode that was scrapped. Yes, an angel where Kate was going to be investigating like, going undercover, but then mm-hmm. becomes, like, a sex worker. And then was the like a network gym. thought yeah. it was too dark or something. I'm like, oh, my God. They just could not help but just, like, obliterate this character. <laughs> right.
0: And <laughs> and Dana, too, like, that was actually going to be her first episode, was that. Oh, that was, okay. It was, it was me, your first episode. Yeah. It,
2: they just wanted to, like, make her so serious and so dark. Um <laughs> <sighs> It just and I, you know, I I was on I was on a, a Kate episode, um, and I I think I expressed myself um, on that um, because yeah, it just I uh, remember you saying she's hot.
0: That's what I remember. She is.
2: She's very hot. She's he very is, hot. Yes. Um, it's just they just really like this poor character would have just had like so much thrust upon her. Um, so it's probably good that she didn't last a super long yeah. time.
0: Yeah, I. Ian, I don't even remember. I know she goes away after season 2, but is it it's like halfway through, right? Or is it at the end?
3: It's not. Well, a- Angel's always split seasons. Right. So the first arc ends about 6 episodes from the end of season one, uh 2. And you're thinking of reprise and epiphany. Right, uh, yeah. And then you get into the Pylea uh bit which is like a mini series at the back end. Yeah. So, you know, 2 thirds Yeah, I'd love to say she doesn't fit in the
1: show, but she does. She's she's brooding just like everybody else in this show. Okay, (laughs) Courtney's deserved better than this season.
0: (laughs) So I guess now we'll talk about Angel himself. Um, I don't know that there's that much to say, but I do. I do agree with what all of you were saying about, like, kind of in season three, like if you jump in there, because that's when I jumped in, I I didn't care about angel as much till i got like the vhs tapes and was able to like go back because i started in season three as well and by that season there's just there's like just heartbreak between them right it's like yeah season two was
1: the only season i cared about angel
0: yeah and like i do think they do a good job of making him i still agree with all of your complaints zach but i do think they make him they at least make him more watchable this season i don't know what do you think about that zach Oh,
1: he was he was very cute. I was twirling my hair a lot watching him, um, especially in those earlier episodes where he would just wear the sweater, right? I feel like when he puts the damn trench coat on, he gets even more brooding or more like, I don't freaking know. When his hair gets thicker, it's just too much for me. Um, his
2: hair is so thick. So much thick hair on this hair.
1: <laughs> We get to season five hair, man. We get to season five. They just, I don't know what's I going love, on I love that hair. <laughs> he actually wasn't that bad. I have to say he was one of the least annoying parts of this
0: season okay okay yeah uh, um Dana you jumping in with this same thing as Zach like how'd you feel about angel here versus on Buffy I like angel
2: a lot more on Angel yeah mm-hmm. I do love these moments where angel is like uncertain or awkward yeah and I love look like, watching him get to have those because he's kind of an imposing physical figure. Um, mm-hmm. with this you know extremely serious backstory and I love watching him just be kind of a doofus
1: oh i yeah. love it it's it's especially because right like he is for the first time really kind of day to day for nine hours of the day surrounded by other people yeah. um whereas like you know every and, and, and buffy she should just meet him at his castle or his his mansion every other day right or like i don't know he's he's interacting with people more and i think i liked that there's just more to focus on with Angel here in season yeah. one than there wasn't Buffy.
0: Well, and you bring up a good point, Zach, because yeah. even even by season three, a lot of the times there's so many episodes in season three where like he pops in at the end to help with the fight, but that's yeah, well, like, I'm trying yeah. to,
1: yeah, he, he would pop in at the end, he would show up in an alleyway, Buffy would visit him at the mansion, but he wasn't like really interacting with people like, yeah, because we're supposed to assume that Buffy is week to week just like we're watching it. Um, and their lives are moving week to week, that there's a lot of in-between time where we know he probably isn't spending much time with anybody else, but so, here... He's
2: just sitting around hanging out at a
1: Exactly, pricks.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe shirtless, which is nice, but... <laughs> that's okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah.
3: Maybe,
0: maybe no pants either, you know? <laughs> um, I don't know, because also, and like, you know, David Boreanaz, I also feel like learned as he went along... With like oh for sure, yeah. Right. The,
3: when you go back and watch Buffy season one, Angel is a completely different character. Yes. Um as the the cast comes along, I think uh Nicholas Brendan was the most final version of that character. I mean, no, that's not true. Anthony Stewart Head was Giles all the way. Yeah. Um, obviously with much more experience, but uh I think Nicholas Brendan feels like the Xander we know early on and then everyone else kind of finds their voice as they go. But, uh, angel is unidentifiable, uh, in that early, uh, the the <laughs> first couple of episodes, cause he's smiling and yeah. wearing bright colors and, uh, you know, making quips and jokes and, uh, all of that. And then, you know, he, by the time he becomes love interest character, which obviously was in the works from the beginning, but once it starts to click in, yeah, um, he's sort of Broody McBruder, which is <laughs> tough to develop as a character. I mean, um, and the other weird thing is that I get, always get the sense that David Boreanaz is playing against type. That, um, whenever he gets a chance for comedy, and uh, you know, yeah. Herb Saunders, Baltimore, right, <laughs> you feel like that's more his uh comfort zone yeah. as an actor, um, because he's good at it, he's you know, he's good at being playful and fun, and Angel is not playful or fun. Yeah. Um, that's not a necessarily a bad thing, again to get back to the Chernobyl comparison. Chernobyl's right. incredible. It's
2: okay to just be hot. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. right exactly. yeah. um, <laughs> but I mean from a storytelling perspective, just having him being sad man in his sad pants all the time, uh, <laughs> it's tough to have that feel like a journey and, yeah. and feel like it's in motion.
0: Yeah. I'd agree with that. And like Actually, you talking about it. I almost feel like the angel we get on Angel is almost like a weird combination of season one Buffy Angel and season three Buffy Angel.
3: Well, which you would hope would happen—that he would start to like ease up, find a uh, like uh, hope—is a huge influence in uh, the ideas of the sh- the show, hope and attachment, and all of that, and and the idea of hope sort of bringing him light and letting him enjoy his time with the people that he's with instead of. Constant suffering. I have a question. Um, It's just weird because he's a character that is supposed to, by way of his curse, can never be happy. And again, that is such a weird limiting thing for a character's journey. He's a tough character. He's 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 (laughs) tough. I think they do what they can, but I always like the ensemble around him much more than I care for Angel himself. Yeah,
0: yeah. Zach, what was your question?
1: Um. So. Is there ever, just going into his acting a little bit, is there ever a moment throughout this series where I'm just going to be like, wow, what a performance from David Boreanaz? Because I feel like I will remember you should have been that. And I didn't feel like, wow, what a performance from David Boreanaz. I felt like, wow, what a performance from Sarah Michelle Geller, you know? But like throughout the rest of the series, when he's not acting opposite Sarah Michelle Gellar, is am I going to have a moment like that? Ooh. That's not a good sign. This is not a good sign.
3: This <laughs> is it, show. He
1: needs a moment like that.
3: It's interesting. I've, I I uh, uh, I was talking to a friend who was trying to get me into Person of Interest, uh, which is bizarrely like Angel, uh, down hmm. to the visions and all of that. Uh, and I'm really struggling with the show, three seasons in. And one of the comparisons I made was. You know, I can never picture that this show is going to make me cry. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. I can't picture the, the this show the way Angel has many moments where I move to tears or exfe- feelings of joy as he steps out into the sunshine or whatever. And that's uh, it's interesting to to think about that from the performance of or the standpoint of the actors or the characters uh, as well. I can't think of anything. Right? I really can't think of one. Well, oh shit! I'm not doing this. <laughs> Which isn't oh, isn't great? I, okay, I thought I thought of one. The problem is they're all spoilers, but, I, but you know, one in comparison to uh, the the other characters that get many. Uh, Wait, but yeah, what's I the episode? I what's the episode? I'm not good with episode names. It's in season three and eight disappearing.
2: Episode names. You named like sixteen episodes, <laughs> <I know. in laughs>
3: episodes. This is just the one, Dana. This is the one. Okay. <laughs> I'm not good with episode names when I want them.
0: Fair, when I want fair. them,
3: my brain's like, no, no, you're not getting that. Angel episodes I
0: don't know as well, but i uh, if it's in season three, I'm ass- I'm assuming it's the pillow, the pillow moment.
3: I'm gonna say there's a disappearance in season three, and uh uh there are some scenes uh with Angel that got me. Yes, That's about yes, as clear yes. as I'll yes. be. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um yeah, you're right. That is that is and season three is my favorite, so I should remember this more. But yeah, it's season three, I can't pinpoint, but yeah, he does some of his best acting yeah. in that like arc yeah yeah Yeah. um all right well i guess we'll wrap this up uh i overall grade for the well wait first favorite episode of the season uh ian uh other than five
3: by five (laughs) because isn't that gonna be everyone's answer uh if not then five by five um what would be your second after that uh i'm rapidly bringing up the list of episodes so that i can scroll through because it's not oh the prodigal uh i love uh you know as a a card-carrying man with daddy issues uh <laughs> whenever you poke me in the daddy issues uh you get me and that's daddy issues the episode you know that's one of our most streamed episodes this season ian and oh, i feel like prodigal? it's
0: because of it's because of your very good spiel you give during that recording
3: well i just was- so happy to share the joy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dana.
2: What's the episode? The first episode Buffy comes back where Angel turns human for a bit.
0: I will remember you.
2: That yes, that one.
0: Okay, yeah. Did um, you were on for that episode, right, Dana? Well, on. I for was. It? Yes, yes. Uh, Zach. Uh,
1: okay, so five by five goes without saying, right? We'll do. We'll mm-hmm. say that one, obviously. But um, I'm going to add two. I will remember you. It's like just I'm fantastic, sure. right? You just like that, Sarah Michelle geller G- goodness. Yeah, um, but also Dennis the Ghost, his first episode. I freaking love that episode. I can. That's We're one of the you. episode. That's like my comfort viewing for this mm-hmm. series.
0: Uh, that's I, I Zach. Look, I'm so proud that I knew what would be. I knew it was going to be 5 by 5 and room with a view because those are my favorite episodes of the season. <laughs> it's almost like we co-host a
1: uh, horror podcast <laughs> together. I
0: don't know. <laughs> Two fucking podcasts together. Um <laughs> yeah, I room with a view. I feel like I rem- the thing is I didn't watch Angel consistently, but I do know I saw that episode like on TV. It might have been in reruns cuz I didn't watch Angel like that consistently, but like that Cordelia moment is like such a good moment at the end when she, like, fucking stands up and is, like, just, like, tells off that ghost. And I always think of that as such a crowning moment for Cordelia where she's, like, kind of depressed this season. And that's when she's, like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to, like, crawl out of here and I'm going to, like, give you the finger. And it's almost like she's talking to, like, her depression almost, like, this season because she, you know, we saw that she had this, like, really, like roach infested apartment which was like overdone with like a thousand roaches on the floor um but like i i love that shit i always love a moment where someone can like get beaten down and then like stand back up and be like
3: fuck well, you and i love the claiming of the word uh as power and not the pejorative oh i um, saying her- like i am a bitch yeah 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 the thing I've heard is that that it, it, at this point we sort of realized like the show's kind of stumbled ass backwards into their feminism, <laughs> and then once we all started celebrating for them, they uh, you know some of the creators maybe fell in love with that legacy. But I love that moment of power of claiming that as yeah, fuck you. That's not a bad word. That's yeah. that's who I am, and you can just go away. You know, uh, it's such a it's a that was a, that's that's a nice profound little moment. I love it. It's very much like um, like gone
1: in uh, conversations with dead people when she's you know going to leave the house and then When they've got all the wind and she's you know screaming at the demon she's like yeah it's just it's it's good stuff I like when they do the stand up and yell
0: yeah you know I will. A complete aside, but actually that reminds me, my grandma was very my my Puerto Rican grandma, not my dad's mother, she would never curse. Uh my Puerto Rican grandma had like a very filthy mouth and I loved her. And she was very much like like I not to rehash 2016, but when like it was Trump versus Hillary and she like someone I don't remember on something, she heard call Hillary a bitch, and she was like, Oh, she's a bitch? Good, so am I. And like that was what my grandma would always say about Hillary. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Dana, what do you think about that?
2: We're talking about bitches,
0: um. <laughs> <laughs> like Cordelia. reclaiming the word "bitch" in like that uh, moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, she she she's hold. She's the glue, baby. She's the glue <laughs> of this of this series. Um, and yeah, I think she's very self aware. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm I'm tired of words being used against uh, women. So, yeah. yeah, take it back. Take it back, Cordy.
0: <laughs> Um All right, and I guess uh, we'll grade the season. This might be a little rough. Um, Ian, I'm going to have you go first, because I think you'll have the best grade for the season.
3: Uh, I think <laughs> grading on season one curves, I, I would give it a B. Okay. But uh, within the pantheon of the whole show, maybe a B minus C plus. I will say there's a season that I grade worse than that.
0: I bet I know what it is. Uh, Yeah, you do. (laughs) Uh, Dana, what grade do you give this season?
2: Okay, I'm grading it on the I Love Buffy curve, so I'm going to give it a B minus. Oh, okay. Um, But I have faith (laughs) that uh, that I'm going to enjoy season two more. You will.
0: Oh, you will uh zach for the
1: simple fact that i just was it was so dull and i was bored out of my skull watching this season <laughs> it's a it's a c for me but All right. um i have the faith
0: <laughs> that i will
1: enjoy season two <laughs>
0: um i again i agree with zach i see a, a flat c I think before we covered it for the podcast, I probably would have given it like a D or an F. Um, covering it made me appreciate it more. I really like the little moments with Cordelia. And in my... I had forgotten we got a lot of them this season. Like, I don't think I remember getting as many mm-hmm. as we do get. Um, and like that... Like you said, Dana, she Cordelia is the glue. And like her little moments this season, there, there rarely is a scene that doesn't work with Cordelia, right? Right. So like for me... Yeah. She like those moments help bring up the season for me. But yeah, thank you all uh for doing this. Uh this has been I this has been the most organized I have ever been for Slayerfest. I can't believe how many recordings we got done and like we finished it in a year. Like that that shit never happens on this. Welcome to Slayerfest 98. Everything takes forever. <laughs>
2: Congratulations.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dana, you've actually, I, I, you've been doing the podcast the longest here, right? I think this is the most organized I've been.
2: Ye- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, how long have I been doing it since like 2017
0: or something? Yeah. You were on cause you were on for season four. That's when you started coming ah. on. Wow. Oh, what about, um, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been our coverage of angel season one. We will be back in 2023 with coverage of angel season two. If you like the podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon, where you get access to all our bonus episodes, our My Nudie Judy sex talk videos, and um, our Discord server. And if you want to follow us on social, we are at SlayerFestX98 on all social media platforms. I am Ian Carlos on all social media platforms. Dana, where can everyone find you and your writing?
2: Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Dana Pickley. That's two C's one L. I'm also still hanging on there on Twitter. Um, (laughs) Same same thing, Dana Pickley. Um, And you can check out my writing currently uh, on newsisout.com.
0: Cool, cool. And uh, Ian, where can everyone find you and your YouTube channel?
3: Well, first of all, I, I wanted to say I appreciate you having me on. Um, oh. the, what I do for YouTube is very individual. If I sound pontificating at parts of this podcast, I apologize. That's my wheelhouse where I kind of work from with the YouTube channel. So it's you a lot of fun. the highlight of this thing. podcast, Ian. <laughs> oh, well, I don't think so. But I, it was a lot of fun getting to uh, uh, go around with everyone. I really appreciate it. I'm youtube.com slash passion of the nerd.
0: And also, wait, Ian, I forgot to fucking congratulate you. You got married since the last time you were on.
3: Oh, I did. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if there was, uh, uh, I couldn't think of a better way of uh, preparing for my uh, wedding week than writing about the body. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which, oh, <laughs> my gosh. Can yeah. yeah, we that could that just th- add an hour onto this? I wouldn't. <laughs> <understand>. <laughs>
0: um and zachary where can everyone find you and your two other podcasts
1: uh, i'm not even going to mention the one with you uh no just <laughs> kidding uh, my bloody judy is a horror podcast i do with Ian carlos crawford here host of Slayerfest 98 you can find it by searching my bloody judy i also do another podcast with my husband called coffee and tequila it's a morning show on mondays late show on fridays and uh, you can also search that and you'll find us
0: all right everyone well
1: we will see you next time bye